Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Folks, our next guest is back and he's back for blood. His resume continues to grow as a writer for Marvel and DC, as well as many of your favorite shows like Magnum P.I., Ultimate Spider-Man, the animated series, Avengers, Black Panther's Quest, the animated series, both of which is on Disney Plus. And of course, one of my favorites, Power Book 2, Ghost, <laughs> starring oh Method and Mary. You know, if you hip hop, you know who that is. And yeah. many of your favorite comic book series, including recently Green Lantern. His name is Jeff Thorne, and he is here to talk about his latest work with the one and only Milestone Media as the Blood Syndicate returns with season one. He is making a comeback. Folks, welcome back, Jeff, to Talk Time Live. My man, what's going on? Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm happy. I'm writing a freaking Blood Syndicate, baby. What do you mean? What, how about what's going on? Dude, it's, only, I, it's all about Blood Syndicate. Can I tell you, we're, we're going to get deep and dirty with this because like this is <laughs> this is crazy that like every single year since we met in 2017 at San Diego in your neck of the woods, you just been rolling nonstop, man. I'm so <laughs> incredibly both happy and proud of your road because every year there's something new that you're doing something awesome that you're doing and it's just like it, it's crazy and again like i said before i got to thank my wife because she was the one that pointed you well at that's at, very uh, funny at the panel yes. so well, you know ladies, at San Diego Comic Con. Sure. so it's like you know we've been really cool since and i've been enjoying your ride so yeah i mean it's been weird like from my point of view i'm like i tell young brothers and sisters all the time always mm-hmm. stay grinding Yes. It looks like, like from the outside, it looks like, oh, he's just going from this to this to this to this. But in between, there's a whole lot of failures. There's a whole lot of no. There's a whole lot of, you know, now we're not going to do that. You know, so the thing mm-hmm. you think about, you should assume that there's like a ratio of 15 to 1. Yes. Where the fifth, 14 of the 15 things are no. Thank you. Right? Preach so, on Brother Thor. Um, I'm having a ball with it. Um <laughs> You know, you got to always be grinding, always be grinding, no matter how big you think you are, always be grinding. Uh, and if you look at people who are way bigger than me, look at people like Jay-Z, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you look at people, I don't even know, like, what's his name? Um, um, uh, uh, Peel. Um, yeah. I'll, give you an, uh, I'll give you an example, like Dr. Always, Dre. You have to always be making something. Yeah. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Peele's yeah. absolutely. But even I'll give yeah. a, uh, Dr. Dre credit because... You know, he's constantly he wrote a song about how he just 
grinds and he he works and he doesn't go to the clubs and all the stuff. Like I get it. And I, 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 you know, I get it inspired by all of you who do that. Cause you guys are, have been where you, where you've been and I want to do what I do. So I never, I, I embrace it all the goods and the bads because of it. And I hope you everybody to. You have to. And yeah. also folks like this don't get like, we don't get 50 chances, right? Like you mess up. That could be it. Yep. So you got to have a lot of bullets. You got to have a lot of, you got to have a lot of bullets ready to fire. Can um, you t- well talk about first before you even get deep on that? Can you, because this is, I mean, like I said, this is of all the books that you ever done, this is really significant in my, from my perspective. Like, yeah. you're still working within DC, but you're still under the, now you're under the umbrella of uh, Milestone Media and you're working on this new title. Well, the return of a, of a classic title. But mm-hmm. let's talk about first how this came about. Was this oh. during the Green Lantern writing uh, yeah, schedule? Yeah, I or? mean, well, I mean, I think anybody who knows me, certainly anyone who knows me, and anyone who follows my Twitter, um, I've been lobbying to get to write the Blood Syndicate since before there was a milestone return. Like, basically, as soon as Milestone 1 closed the doors, I was like, if y'all ever come back, you better let me write the Blood Syndicate. And people are like, ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, and I'm like, you think I'm kidding? You better let me write that Blood Syndicate book. That was how I talked about it. I talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. I used to run into Reggie Hudlin from time to time, you know, out in L.A. Um, He's way bigger echelon than me. But right. we, we we go to the same places sometimes. He buys comics for real. We run into each other at the shop, right. you know. And uh, at some point, it came about that he and Dennis and the other guys were sort of worked out control of Milestone Media. Mm-hmm. Um, then I didn't hear nothing. Like I was just like, "Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. You won't get another shot. Don't screw yeah. it up." This is me as a fan, because um, uh, DC already tried it and screwed it up. So if y'all try mm-hmm. to screw it up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, while I was doing Green Lantern, I get an email from Reggie saying, "Well, son, you talked a lot of smack. <laughs> what you got to say for yourself now? You got a pitch for the Blood Syndicate?" And I was like, "I didn't think you guys were going to do the Blood Syndicate because Blood Syndicate is hard as hell. Right. Like, it was hard for the '90s. You, you right. actually." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a pitch or not?" <laughs> and I was like, "Funnily enough, I do have a pitch, Mister President." And um, I pitched it to him and Dennis, and they were like, damn. And I was like, well, things times have changed since the 90s. There's a lot of stuff that was going on both in our community and in the queer community that it's not like any of it stopped, but right. people on, on our side have more power now. Yeah. So they don't have to sort of do the okie doke. They don't have to duck their head. Yeah. They don't have to hide anything. On all sides, people are just like, you better be careful when you cross this line. That's the way it is now. I basically said, you established a bunch of stuff with the original Blood Syndicate. Obviously, we're not going to throw most of that out, but we need to do a remix, right? We can't Mm -hmm. just come back in like it's 1993. Um, So if these things are true of Paris Island, then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that they've sort of established, a new milestone. It's like, well, if this is going on and this is going on, why is this not going on? Right. And they were like, no reason. And I was like, cool, bet. All right, so here's what my plan is for the first six issues. Mm-hmm. 
right? But here's what my plan is for issue seven, like if it was an ongoing issue seven through whatever the next six issues is. And yeah. they were like, what? And I was like, <laughs> look, you don't, you own this. You can tell me no. I'm just saying this is what I want to do. And they're like, yeah, do that. Do all of <laughs> awesome. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. So what we're doing is like, I'm old head, obviously. I have all the originals. I know Blood Syndicate inside and out. So Every time there's a change from what it used to be to what it is right now, please understand, I know. <laughs> I know. I did that on purpose. Right. Okay. So some characters, like, most importantly, I would say the character of Aqua Maria, who was, um, if you don't, if y'all don't know, she's a um, water character. She can control and turn into water. Right. Right. Well, here's the thing. For those who weren't uh, around like to read because this is a whole new generation now. Right. So for those of uh, for those of the uh, readers out there and listeners and viewers of this show who may not have heard or read the original 1993 <laughs> series, yeah. you know, let us. Can you talk about the story okay, behind the Super Power Gang? All right. So what happened was there was the Big Bang. This is the original. Cops yeah. used a whole bunch of experimental gas on. Uh, oh, rephrase that. If you ever saw the movie The Warriors. It was the opposite of the Warriors. The yes. Big Bang was going to basically be all the gangs of Paris Island. We're going to get together. We're going to have it out tonight. And whoever comes out on top, they run Paris Island. Right. Yeah. And it was the Paris Bloods and the Force Syndicate and some other mm -hmm. people. Right. These are not real world gangs. These are made right. up comic book. Right. We're not trying to make people want to get into gang life. Right. <laughs> and they had this big, big fight that they were going to have. Right? right. But the cops found out about it. And they're like, oh, great. All the gangsters are going to be in one place one night. Get them. Right. Mm -hmm. So they came in and they started shooting the place up, but they also used experimental gas from the Alva company, which was called Q juice from um, the Alva company from hardware. Right. So a lot of people died. A lot of people got hurt. And a lot of people came out of it with superpowers, including yeah. uh, including Virgil Hawkins, who became static. Static. Correct. OK. Um, so while we're seeing the sort of Spider-Man vibe and static and you're seeing the Superman slash Batman vibe batman and robin vibe and icon with rocket mm -hmm. uh and you're sort of seeing i don't even know what hardware was hardware was just i'm mad and i got i got an armored suit i'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting everybody i'm mad at right <laughs> but um because you wouldn't call him batman and he definitely wasn't iron man he was just right. angry right? <laughs> and which is like the, the opposite of neither of those two I know he was like leave, he was the last brother you were mad at too. That's what that should have been. But there was all sort of stuff you you'd done with superheroes before. And then Ivan Velez came in and said, So what if a street gang had superpower? Mm -hmm. And he said he grew up in this kind of um, environment, not he himself being a gangster, but around this kind of type of person. Yeah. And so he he took the the after the cop basically killed everybody, there was a couple of people from the Paris Bloods and there's a couple of people from the Force Syndicate left. And they're like, well, we got power now. We can run this. Mm -hmm. uh, let's get together. That's how the Blood Syndicate came about. And when you meet the Blood Syndicate, it's through the eyes of this reporter from Dakota. You should also remember Paris Island is part of Dakota City, but it's yeah. like Staten Island or Long Island. It's yeah. not actually in the city so if you picture dakota is like manhattan right okay then you picture like i'm going to think like red bank new jersey if you're from the east coast or uh, basically someplace rough right but on its own island 
Okay, so all of the all of the the hood stuff happened basically on Parasite. It's kind of like sort of Arkham City ish. Kind of like that. Kind of yeah. like that, but but more realistic until the until these people started having superpowers. It was just the wire out there, right? <laughs> so um, so then the blood syndicate was like, yeah, but we got we got power now. But they weren't heroes. They weren't trying to be superheroes. They were like, we all came out of that gang life, so we're just the best gang here. We're just going to run it. Right. So they were like knocking over crack houses and taking the money and setting themselves up. Like it was real. It was really, really real. Right. right. And so some <laughs> of the like they were doing whatever the hell they wanted and nobody could talk to them. And right. it was a lot of and, and, and the character Holocaust was actually a member of the team. Mm-hmm. And he had like bigger goals for the team. And the others were like, no, we're good. Knocking over crack houses, beating up pimps taking right. money like we're good that's fine right and he's like no 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 we can we can do a lot more you know <laughs> and and so and he was kind of an evil character from the beginning he was trying to play the all off against each other right he got what's mm-hmm. the name he got flashback kind of hooked on crack um like the holocaust was raw like he was an awful awful person well first of and all his name is holocaust i know he names himself <laughs> holocaust like he was like the nerd the, the, the I always, you know, it's funny when I read that, not only just I've read the originals, but I also read this, this the first issue with the second issue coming out this week. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought about that. I'm like, it takes some gall for anybody yeah. to be called Holocaust. Like, yeah. And I hope people understand, like, one, this is fiction. And two, and he's two, the bad guy. This is a bad guy with the intention of pissing you off. Right. So he's what better way to piss somebody off? Every negative thing you feel, he wants you to feel like that. That's right, exactly like he, how, he is. Right. He is a professional offender. They even did a. They even did back in the day. They did a miniseries called "My Name Is Holocaust." <laughs> I was like, "Holy crap!" Right, but yeah, he's meant to be offensive. He's tr- the character is trying to be offensive. He's you're supposed awful, to hate awful him. Awful person. You are supposed to hate him from the get. As soon as you yeah. hear his name, he's telling you what to think about him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it comes to a head. Him and the other leader of the group. Because there was not really a leader, leader. Because everybody come from their own gangs. Yeah. What um, Holocaust and um, uh, Tech Nine, the other leader, uh, they got into it. And Tech Nine's power was, I can make any weapon I can think of, <laughs> and it never runs out of ammo. Right. <laughs> right. So they got into it and ultimately uh, killed each other. Um, uh, uh, Tech dies in the arms of his friends. Yeah. Um, and we never really sure if it was because of the fight with Holocaust. Or because of the effects of the, the 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 gas that gave them their powers, maybe everybody's going to die. Right. It's just he went out first. We don't know. Um, and there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on. And Holocaust didn't actually die in that fight, but um, he rises out as the big bad guy. He becomes like right. the enemy of the Blood Syndicate at that point. So cutting to the new version, and we're not going to talk about any spoilers by any stretch right. or anything. But how much? You're obviously going to be taking some liberties with the old content and doing making it your own thing. How can you really talk about like mm-hmm. when you are intending okay. to so in approach with version, this? In the new version, all that gang life still happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, in the in the current milestone, Rocket and Icon have basically cleaned up the drug trade, um, not just locally but all over the planet. They've been right. smacking people around all over the place. Right. So, um, but the, but what always happens, people always forget about because in comic books, Superman puts you in jail or something happens and you're like, oh, problem solved. But that's not how real life works. That's not how criminality works. As soon as there's a vacancy, somebody's going to fill it. 
Yeah. So instead of what we had in the Big Bang in the original, right, what we have instead is a sort of secret gang war going on. Like basically every time the lights go out every evening, as soon as sundown happens, it's on Paris Island. But it's too small of a level of crime that I kind of rock it or like if they even know about it. Right. Right. It's under like the radar. They, yeah. They got bigger, they got bigger stuff going on. Meanwhile, there's a fight for control of Paris Island going on every night. Gangsters murdering the hell out of each other. Cops right. can't handle it. Right. Like there's too many gangsters, not enough cops. And even if there were enough cops, like really, these guys shoot back, yo. They're not even, they're not trying to run from you. Right. Yeah. So that's what's going on. And I took the two characters who become Tech Nine and uh Wise Son. Um who is basically indestructible. He basically golden age Superman. Let's just say yeah. golden age Superman. Um, uh, they come back from a made up country. They keep putting it in the ads that it's Afghanistan. It's not Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a made up fictional country right. um, where something happened to them where they got <laughs> some superpowers. Okay. But they're not telling anybody that they have the power. So when they come right. back and they don't know about all this stuff that's been going on because they've been off in the war fighting people. Yeah. Right. So they meet up with Fade, who is um, their old friend, and he's trying to tell the guy who's going to become Tech Nine, "Yo, um, glad you're back. Here's what's up." <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you see, in the first issue, he's trying to get to it, but before he can get to it, Rocket stops a cry <laughs> like nearby, and he and, and, it, and just at this point, if I remember reading it, they they yeah. didn't reveal each other's abilities yet. No, they don't know that either. Either one of them has powers yet. He hasn't right. got to that yet. He's and they were trying to, to have this conversation, it. right? And he gets interrupted by Rocket stopping a crime, and then yeah, uh, Tech Nine, Tech Nine's like. What the hell? Because he thought he he and his boy were the only ones in the world like this. I thought that should like, break it. That should break the attention right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, so we got superheroes. She's not even the fly one. You need to see Icon. Icon is the man, right?" And Homeboy's like, "What?" Right. So it's like, "Yeah," and they cleaned up the drug game and blah 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 blah. And immediately, Tech Knight says. Well, they cleaned up the drug game, huh? So what are the local gangs thinking about that? Right. Because basically what it means, they kicked out the Mexican mafia, they kicked out the Russian mafia, they kicked out the Italians, they kicked out um, basically everybody who is not American. Yeah. Big global drug game, out. Right. Right. Everything that but, haunted us in the 80s. Right. Except <laughs> there's still all these wild ass criminals still living here. They're like, oh, yeah. power opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, so that's where that thing's going on. He's trying to tell him all about that. Meanwhile. Um, meanwhile, this this is off issue one, so I'm not spoiling anything. Oh, right. Meanwhile, this kid, Laguero, who's a new character, he's like, hey, he rolls up on um, he rolls up on a, a, a Holocaust place because Holocaust is theoretically running one of these gangs. Um, and there's a new dude, Rebar, who you're going to see a lot more Rebar. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, I know where there's some kids with powers hanging out. And you said if you, we ran into any more people with juice to like, you know, fold them into our crew or, you know, <coughs> right. right. Holocaust is like they get into a little bit. Holocaust comes. I was like, oh, it's too late for that. Stuff is on now. So uh, you go let them know who runs shit around here. Oh, I'm sorry. Who no, runs you're stuff good. around here? Okay. <laughs> That's on the low. Um, okay. <laughs> Run stuff around here. And the Garrow goes to this place where it's like a firehouse where the Fade character sort of been like, hey, every night these gang, the gang war pops off. This is going to be a safe space. 
y'all can come over here and just chill. Homeboy just rolls up on them and does drive by, <laughs> but he does. And his, his boys are like, you know, you guys think you can hide out here? There's nowhere is safe. Right. Right. And while people are running and screaming, <laughs> um, Fade and his little sister flashback, she showed up too. Um, they're just sort of like, oh, damn it. Right. But our our guy from the war, who you think he's just a dude back from the war, he manifests this giant anime like blaster thing. Right. And he's like, everybody get behind me. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? Right. And he fries this car with this thing. And one of the gangsters in it, Ligero, comes out and says, oh, you think you got something? And then his eyes start glowing. He's like, you got nothing, man. Whoopoo! Right? <laughs> and he blows the whole spot up. But before that happens, Fade grabs uh, Tech Nine and dives down through the street. And you see that he has superpowers. Mm-hmm. They fall down in the sewer and he's like, yeah, I was trying to tell you I got superpowers. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other guy's like, yeah, but I, I mean, you got it too. So I guess you already know about the superpowers. Right, right. right? <laughs> and that's the end of the first issue. And that's the setup. So the idea and it's is a that- great, It's an absolutely great setup too. So real quick, before I go back to that too, because I mean, I, we got to talk about your writing style and everything, but I mean, go. Let's go back. Going back to our very first interview in 2017, we mm-hmm. we did talk about milestone. We talked about the late great Dwayne McDuffie, and now in 2022, you're honoring his legacy by writing for one of his titles that he co-created. Mm-hmm. A lot of ways, this is kind of full circle. I feel like, and yeah, in, in, in in terms of your career as a um, writing comics. Um, do you feel that way? Do you? Yes, you know? absolutely. Dwayne gave me my first job uh, in animation. Wow. Um, uh, at a comic book company, at a comic book con where I had met him before. He read one of my comics and said, hey, come. Uh, you're funny. You should come pitch Ben 10. And I was like, what? Like, I thought you guys didn't like me. You wouldn't. You didn't buy any of my Justice League stuff. I figured you all hated me. And he's like, you're an idiot. Come pitch me some stuff. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like, I'm the guy who argues with people trying to give him a job. Like, why would you want me? You know, I'm that dude. Right. So um, he's like, come. And he gave me my first job and created an animation career. I don't end up running Black Panther's Quest if Dwayne doesn't give me that first job. It's always got to be somebody to give you that first toe in the door. And I had tried before and failed many times. Like, I keep stressing that to people trying to get in. There's no overnight successes. There's no such thing as that. Okay, everybody you see, you look like you just heard about them. Years, years. I'm so glad that you're saying this right now, because I've been saying it, too. And when you hear from when people hear from me, it's like blowing smoke. Yeah, it's true. Like when you you hear somebody else, it's like, all right, it's doubling down. (laughs) Yeah, you you will hear every once in a while you hear about somebody who, you know, some hot girl was, you know, picking cotton in the middle of Louisiana and the the modeling agent for freaking Vogue magazine happened to break a car breakdown. Right, went, right. Damn, she is fine. You need to be on Vogue. You know how often that happens? Enough times that it's news when it happens. Right. Okay. The rest of the time, that's years, man. Years. It's grinding. That over, right. It's grinding. It's grinding. So I thought I'd given up on that avenue of my career. Dwayne said, no, you're going to come back and do this. Uh, apparently I was a good at writing animation. So, um, the powers that be at Warner's were like, yeah, keep writing Ben 10, like keep hiring this dude. Mm-hmm. And then some of those people moved over to Marvel, like, cause that's how it works. You just take different jobs. And yeah. I like, remember that dude who used to write for Ben 10, he's good. Get him to come over here. So I did that, blah, 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 blah. So, and I knew Dwayne, Dwayne was a friend of mine. Dwayne and Charlotte were friends of mine. 
Um, Charlotte is still a friend of mine. Um, and uh, I was in a position, like I told you, when Milestone 2.0 came out, I was like, don't give DC your comp. Don't, 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 man, don't do this, right? right? You know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you anything. And then when it comes down to it, they're going to punk out Icon in favor of Superman. They're going to make, you know, they're going to make steel beat up hardware and show who's the boss. Like, you know, that's what's going to happen. Right. Static's going to get played for, for last. Right, because every other team superhero is better than him. You know that's what's going to happen. Right. And he's like, no, because I'll be there. Right. And then Dwayne died, and that was like, that was a, a, a like a crit, like a meteor hit. Yeah. Okay. So a whole bunch of us were just on our on our asses for a while. Um, so when this this after all, the dust has settled and people started rebuilding and all that kind of stuff to have this come out of kind of nowhere. Cause like, I know Rezzy, but I don't know Rezzy. Right. Right. Like he could have, I would not have been mad at him if he'd never called me. Let me put it like that. He doesn't know me like that. Like, Oh, okay. We need to call Jeff right away. Wasn't like that. Right. So, and Dennis, Dennis doesn't know me from Adam. Like until we pitch this, I'm just some dude out in the world. Right. Right. So yeah, it's full circle. And yeah, I'm I'm absolutely cognizant not only of what Ivan Velez Jr. did by creating the Blood Syndicate, but by what Dwayne's vibe was, what Milestone was trying to do, what it was trying to be yeah. back then. And that the 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 kind of crappy deal that everybody gave it in the media, when they the comic book media, they were like, that's a FUBU project. But oh. I gotta tell y'all, fellas, the Blood Syndicate wow. is not a black gangster, bunch of black right. gangsters. It's mostly Latin. Right. And the thing that's interesting about it is it's Afro Latin. Mm-hmm. So it's got the, the aforementioned, right? Like, you know, this, this culture. <laughs> is, right. Our, our lead guy, our Captain America is like, I don't know if Puerto Rico exists in the uh, in the Dakota universe, but yeah. he's Puerto Rican from you and my point of view. Yeah. Okay. And he's not Afro Puerto Rican. Right. It's got queer people all over it. This right. is 1993. This is before Grant Morrison dropped the Invisibles. This is yeah. before everybody. OK, the vibe of Milestone was everybody who is fit to play should be allowed to play. That was the vibe. Anybody who doesn't get that was not paying attention. Anyone who pretends they were paying attention. Everybody who's a real OG is like, nah, baby, you weren't <laughs> reading the books. You're lying because anybody who was reading the books knows what was up. Right. Right. Asian people, black people, queer people, women in prominent roles and nobody apologizing for nothing. Right. Right. And white folks, white folks are all over Milestone Comics. Like (laughs) it was not that. okay. so Mm -hmm. to be able to come back and do this in the modern times where things have changed in a lot of ways for these groups for the better, it's still awful, but awful in different ways. Right. Right. So the ways that it was awful in the 90s, it's not exactly awful that way. Like, yeah, men and women can marry men and women. now, Right. That wasn't true back then. No, it was not. (laughs) Right. The government was spanking. They were blaming everything and letting the queer community die. Yeah. They're blaming blaming AIDS in the queer community and letting them die. Right. Okay, that's not happening. Okay. so but what is happening? is the question. What is going on in the world? And that's part of what the Blood Syndicate was about. What's actually, what's, what was it like for people down here? It's given that other discussion that is being, you know, avoided. Yes. And that's what so, Stone always was to me. Yep. Yep. It was and the voice of the static. voiceless yep. in a sense. 
even with a book like Static, where people, again, forget both Static and Rocket. Rocket is the star of Icon. Yeah. People always forget that. The story of Icon is the origin story of the female superhero who will one day be called Icon. Mm-hmm. She's currently called Rocket. Right. But one day she's <laughs> going to be Icon because this dude, he's going back to outer space where he's from. He's not black. He's the Martian Manhunter who looks black. Right. Okay. This chick is black. And when this story is over, she's Icon. Right. Okay. This was in 1990, whatever. Right. So, but the stories they told with her were about teen pregnancy. Yeah. They were about um, fighting um, uh, government overreach and school systems and hell. Dumping like, and- off, off point. Have you been watching Young Justice? Yeah. Yeah. You see the stories that they did with her? Yeah, yeah. With the I love them. Yeah, exactly. I love the focus. They were, I mean, yeah. it was that 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 uh episode with her uh child and with honest, autism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blew me away. I immediately yeah. posted about that. I was like, this is so awesome. But this is the thing. That that was Dwayne, that was not just Dwayne, but that was the milestone vibe. That was the philosophy. Right? Yes. Right. That was all of us. All of us. This is all of us, is the mm-hmm. is the vibe. So for me, I'm writing queer characters, I'm not gay. Right. I'm writing Latin characters. I'm not Latin. Right. I'm writing a whole bunch of ladies and I'm clearly not female. Right. So um, why would I be the guy for this job? I'm the guy for this job because I believe in the first values of milestone, which are everybody gets to play. Right. Everybody gets to play. Okay. So when I talked to Dwayne, I'm pardon me, when I talked to Dennis and, and, and Reggie about what my plan was for for the blood syndicate, it was all about how do we update it effectively and have it be the kind of vibe that it was. Yeah. Because uh, the old one was hyper violent um, for the time, certainly, and it was going up against books like Wildcat and Wildcats and uh, yeah, uh, and X Men kind of at its height. That was Jim Lee, Chris Claremont. That was that was the nineties, right? <laughs> like that was uh, um, uh, uh, Image was dominating, and Image was very strong on Image. Shocking and very weak <laughs> on story because that was, was that was absolutely highly known. Yeah. Right, that I was across the board. It. That was from that was from um, both the inner circle of the of the industry and the fan yeah. base and community. Yeah, yeah. But we love the that's art. Fine. Yeah, and it's fine. By the way, I was a total image addict. Like I have almost all of that set too. I right? spawn Wildcats. You know, well, uh, young blood. Dude, young blood. I got Defcon Four. <laughs> I own Defcon Supreme. Four. Supreme, <laughs> both pre and after Alan Moore, man. Like, so it's not like the, I'm, I'm the Savage Dragon. I mean, like, oh, hey, Savage Dragon was the jam for a minute. I think that was probably one of the better ones in terms of yeah. like storytelling. Yeah, like Eric Larson. People forget. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Shadowhawk, a black superhero with AIDS. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> come on. They were out of control. But that's the point. That was the that was the situation at the. It time. was about making noise in the nineties. Yeah, they were. They were making noise and milestones making noise was everybody gets to play. It was very calm. And if you ever met Dwayne, you could see where that, you could hear that voice. That everybody you know what's funny? You say, you say that it was calm, but I felt like people in the industry made milestone hostile. They did. They did. They, and, it pro- they, and it really wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. And that was the thing that I think the most sort of revolutionary, the most transgressive, the most the most in your face thing about milestone then and now i would say is oh this is just how life is yeah 
And that made so many people mad. And I was like, well, like they were telling truths that like, okay, this yeah. is too real for comic books. Yeah. Like, no, Stick to the oh, bamboo really? pop. Yeah. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. I guess and maybe don't you like can that. still kill a people, a few people are with guns and all this stuff, but don't talk about pregnancy. Don't talk about sex. Exactly. Don't talk exactly. About, Teenagers you know, do have sex, you guys, you know, because you were one and you know you had sex. So <laughs> shut up. You know, how old is that 12 year old kid of yours, mom? <laughs> Reading comic when books. When did y'all get married? When did you get married? Huh. Huh. Married 13 years with a 12 year old kid. Hmm. Hmm. You know, like, and so, but the, the vibe at the time was very hostile towards these people. They were, yeah. they were like, are you trying to say something about the industry? And I was like, well, yeah, you aren't doing this. Yeah. It's kind of like what happened on Paris Island with the gangs. Here's an empty space you guys should be filling. You're not filling it. Yeah. So we're going to fill it and make some money. And that's exactly what happened. But it's so funny, like now you see the Robert Kirkmans and all these other people that are doing the same type of storytelling and narrative that you guys were trying to do, but we're like censored for doing. Well, I think the problem is, and it's a problem that I don't know that we can ever really address. It's a problem in a kind of person, an audience who's very vocal. It isn't the real audience. Remember, I'm a huge Sandman fan. Yeah. Sandman ain't about black people. Right. I mean, there's a few, very few black people in it, yeah. but I was down. For, I'm down for, I'm Neil Gaiman to, for life. Right, okay? right. I was all over that. Uh, there's a book called uh, A Distant Soil by Colleen Duran at the same time. Uh, mostly not, not black people, but that was dope. Tell, was it tells it. a great story. Right. I was in it. Okay. So we have a long tradition of, yeah, whatever. Like, as long as it's cool, I'm with it. Yeah. Right. What happened was as soon as the spotlight shifted, uh, clearly shifted, our Superman is icon. Mm -hmm. Our Batman is hardware. But it wasn't our, us Black people. It was all of the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Because our Thor was an Asian woman named Kwai. (laughs) Right? Our Loki was a Chinese god called the Demon Fox. Right. Okay? Um, We had... Asian gangsters in the blood syndicate. Right. Right. I mean, like there, the we in milestone was really we, Mm -hmm. it was we, right. And a lot of people took that as a sort of an aggressive, like, what you trying to say, you calling me a racist. And I'm like, man, that's some baggage y'all brought in with you. We saw a (laughs) vacancy, right. They saw a vacancy. They saw empty lot that nobody's exploiting. And they're like, we, we are empowered and ready to do this. Right. Let's go. And they lasted a while. People seem to forget this was not a flash in the pan. Yeah. There was Eclipse Comics. There was First Comics. There was Comico. Um, there were a couple other whose names I can't remember. And and Image, obviously, and Milestone. Yeah. Right. All of them rolling at the same time. And except for Image, Milestone was the last man standing. Yeah. Like another thing people forget. But the comic book press did everything they could to make it into. Well, is this a Spike Lee joint? You know. And it's like. Every time they would interview them, they were like, "No." <laughs> like, was it was it because of the 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 infamous illustration with static with the Malcolm X hat that probably well made them maybe <laughs> I mean the covers were things that were provocative at the time. The first right. cover of Blood Syndicate had "America Eats Its Young." Yeah, like that's not a soft take. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it's the same. It's a thing like it's, it's. I'm having. I've had to deal with this a little bit on Green Lantern. People look at the cover and decide. Now, in my particular case with Greenland, the covers did not match anything that was going on in the book. I don't know what right. was happening with that. But 
the covers are just an enticement. They're not the story. So if you're going to look at the cover and go, oh, this includes a gay character, I'm not going to pick it up. Right. You're not going to pick it up. You're not going to pick up the Midnighter book because he's gay. Right. That's the re- that's your deal breaker. You're not even going to look at it. OK, well, then I can't really take any criticism. Hey, you remember what, you, you remember the North Star issue. Oh, good. Well, see, but they kept screwing it up. Remember, yeah. Midnighter and Apollo come out of Image, come out of Wildstorm. Yeah. OK. Marvel screwed North Star up. Yeah. Marvel screwed Iceman up. OK. I, I Marvel- think that they just took the opportunity to, to, to they saw this cover. Mm hmm. They make the cover was the one thing that they kept showing. They kept showing. They kept marketing and pushing. But what about everything that was inside? What about right? That's the point. And I think yeah. what Ma- Milestone did well, effectively, what I'm trying to do, hopefully, the original Milestone, not Milestone Two. This yeah. is like Milestone Two Point Five. Milestone yeah. Three, right? Milestone Two was a, a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Sorry, DC, who I work for right now, train wreck. You screwed it up. You you should feel bad about it. Actually, I think it's been documented. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, the world has the world has spoken, but like, yeah, you screwed up, and you should all feel ashamed of yourselves for doing all that. Yeah. Okay, um, but the transgressive, the aggressive, the revolutionary thing was very much like this is just life. I'm sorry that you want life to be us in the background. Yeah, but that's not true. So the spotlight just swiveled slightly to the left. And now we're focused on this. Yeah. And they weren't all in WA. There was Blood Syndicate was kind of that. But yeah. everybody else was random. You know, we had space aliens. We had rich people. We had middle class people. We had vigilantes. We had scientists. We had all of everybody else. You guys have been showing us as just white people. Now we have everybody doing that. And that was so offensive to so many people that they came for Milestone with knives. Yeah. And Milestone, these these brothers were these brothers were not unprepared. That's the thing, again, that always shocks people when they come for folks. I say, frankly, like us, yo, I'm not unprepared for you. What do you think my life has been? This is not even that fight. This is like the kindergarten version of that fight. I'm in the actual fight. It's like I play my whole life on as a video game on level 100. And you're coming at me at the training level with this nonsense. Right, right. (laughs) Okay. So Milestone didn't even pivot. They were just like, nope, it's not that. Nope, it's not that. Go read the books. Go read the books. And so then it started to be the criticism was, look at the coloring. Why did they color it that way? It's all this. And I'm like, yo, dude, that's you grasping at straws. You just don't want to like it because it was clearly a conscious Before social media. Yeah, and it was a, (laughs) oh my God, can you imagine? But it was a conscious choice to color the books that way. And by the way, Chris Cross, John Paul Leon, Humberto Ramos. um, Oh, Chris Cross is just killing it. Right. But (laughs) bunches of people who are big now broke in because of Milestone. Yeah. And they didn't suck then. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just like, I'm a bit, I'm a bit heated about it because I went through it the first time around with, on their behalf. I was a fan of this thing. I wrote my first and only fan letter to any comic book ever to icon like, whoa, right. I'm in my late teens. I think at this point, early twenties, eight late teens. And I'm like, I have never seen nothing like this. Yeah. Okay, and by the way, Mike Icon was a Republican. I was going to point it out. Is, I, I haven't read the new one. Is he still Republican? Or are you still? Well, 
I don't know what Reggie's doing all about all that. He's more of an alien now, and he changed his backstory. Well, he was alien before, but he decided to. But he's more that. Like right. in this case, in this case, what Reggie did was the change that he made to Icon was the original Icon did not interfere. Yeah. Right. He it coincidentally got raised up in slave culture, got to watch the United States do what it did over those 300 years. Yeah. Right. And he, for the most part, did not step in. Yeah. Right. Because he was a grown ass man in the body of a baby black slave. <laughs> right. Right. From an alien culture who just looked at the whole planet of earth as barbarians. Didn't matter that these white people are doing this to these black people. You're all just barbarians from my point. Right, right. I'm just waiting until you get enough technology for me to get the hell out of here. Y'all can do whatever the hell you want. So that's how he played it. And that's why when Rocket meets him the first time, this is the thing that killed me. It killed me as a, as a young man when I read this, because you've never seen that expressed in a comic book yeah. since then. Never before and never since then. She said she's literally breaking into homeboy's house and he confronts her with his superpowers, right? What are you doing, young lady? And gives her the Superman speech. Well, you know, you've got to do this. And just, you know, life is hard sometimes. While he's floating three feet in the air, right? And she <laughs> says, yeah, it's a hell of a lot easier to pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you can fly. Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap, damn, right? And that's when you knew who the book was really about. Right. Okay, but, um, and I wrote my first letter to to uh, to that book, and I've not written a comic book letter since, probably one. Nor has anybody else, because you know how much effort that takes for these kids today? <laughs> well, now they do emails or whatever. But uh, for the most part, I don't talk about that stuff that way. But I'm just saying, this was an event in a lot of people's lives, but yeah. it wasn't trying to be FUBU. It was trying to embrace. Yeah. Right? And that trying to embrace offended a lot of people, the, the, the way that they were trying to embrace Black Lives Matter before there was such a phrase. Right. Latin lives matter, queer lives matter, women's lives matter. We matter, we're not just background characters so the same dude can win the same fight over and right. over again. And it's not like I'm yelling it with a sign, it's like, we're just not, dude. Like, yeah. that's never been true, so we're not gonna do it like that, yeah. right? And that offended a great many people who are now, right now, since Dwayne's been dead, and now he can be a martyr, like Martin Luther King. Oh, remember the great Dwayne McDuffie? And I'm like, dude, eat me with all of that. You guys, the, <laughs> you guys were the wolves that you got. Well, not even wolves, because I love wolves. You guys were the rats trying to tear him down and his people down. You did everything you could to shatter that dude, and he took it and beat you. The only thing that beat him was life. You couldn't take it. And now he's he put all his in it. Look, after watching that documentary, man, it, it broke my heart because he really I think it broke his heart in some sense. He put all of his energy into trying to make change. I am not a hero worshiper. I don't worship people. Right. OK, I don't have any mentors. I don't have any giant people. I'm, oh, if only I could one day. Dwayne was that dude. I would have followed over the hill. Dwayne was that dude. And not because he was a, he had, you know, he's a person. He got angry and said some shit that you might, oh, damn, Dwayne, like, you know, whatever. But he was but a person like, with conviction. It just he comes. He was a person if, of conviction and great yeah. talent and, and great intellect, a massive intellect. To me, he was like what Chuck D was in hip hop. Sure. At the time. Sure. But quiet, like Chuck was a, hey, yo, I got this Molotov cocktail right here. Mm -hmm. Right here handy. Dwayne didn't need all that. Dwayne had an IQ of 164, I think. Wow. He was a straight up actual genius. 
like a real world genius. So he was he had he could afford to be calm. I asked him one time, I was like, are we all just like kindergarten kids to you? Like running around in slow-mo? And he just laughed and went, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. You know, but um, but yeah, so I mean I get I get I get tense about it, I get hype about it, I get angry about it in looking back on what could have been, but you can't live in that space. You have to go, here are the here's what we've got now. And Dennis was there. Chris was there. Right. Right. Reggie, much better friends with Dwayne than me. Yeah. Like these are not people who came in and just picked up the ashes of some dead thing and let's try to rebrand it. These, these, are, are, these people, are the forefathers. Right. These are the forefathers or the allies of mm -hmm. the original nation. We right. are none of us people who are just like coming in like, oh, cool. Let me let me quickly put on this milestone T-shirt, you know, but there's a whole lot of folks. It's like corporate coming in, trying to revamp a brand mm. and not yep. knowing nope. the essence of the brand. And what is that thing? Hello, fellow, fellow kids, says uh, Steve <laughs> Buscemi in high school. Yeah, but we can smell you. Right. We can see you. So, yeah, like in, in a perfect world, this would be Ivan Velez Jr. doing the book. I don't know why they didn't go to him. I don't know him, but I respect him. He put in the work. And the reason I love Miles, the reason I love Blood Syndicate is because of that, brother. Right. Okay. Well, let's go back to your writing. Okay. And your writing style for that matter, because something that I noticed with everything that I've read of yours, Green Lantern, you know, this recent uh, Blood Syndicate, mm -hmm. Solo, Mosaic, you have a pattern and it's a good pattern uh -oh. because it comes to terms with you, your writing style. Like I noticed that you're writing and your ability to create realistic and sophisticated dialogue is very similar to that of what I see you write for sitcoms or live action, you know, series like book, uh, power, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, power book yeah. two. Yeah. And you implement and you assimilate that into even before you worked on that series and other series like Magnum PI and all the stuff. I read that on Solo, and I told you when I read Solo back then how much I enjoyed the banter between Solo. Oh, it is X. And, and, yes. And, 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 uh, yeah. Um, it was hilarious. And it was like, I felt like <laughs> this is something I would watch on like a primetime television show. I've never read anything like this before, even before or now. You know, but every time I, you know, read your books, you have this way of well, implementing like this primetime like, style. I how like much? to listen to people. Like well, how much how much of your experience as a writer for a live action series play a part in your writing for comics? Um, a little, I will say a little, but mostly it's that. And I, I would you'd have to talk to the people who hired me to write in their shows mm -hmm. to see if this is true. Mm -hmm. But my feeling is um, character comes through how people talk as much as by what they say. Yeah. So, like, good example would be Green Lantern. There's a lots of different kinds of speech patterns in Green Lantern, mm -hmm. right? You've got an 11 year old child talking from a particular place, talking to grownups. Some of the grownups are this way, some of the grownups are that way. The Joe Mullins character is not Joe Mullane, pardon me. Ugh. Joe Mullane character does not talk like John Stewart. Yeah. Right. Who does not talk like Salak. None of them talk like Hal Jordan. Right. Everybody has their own thing. Right. That means that if I look at a page before anything's drawn, you should be able to know who's talking, even if I took all the names off. Right. Right. That's kind of my rule in all of my writing. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that it's a TV thing or a comic book thing. It's like it's the closer down to regular people talking you get, the more like regular people they need to sound to me. Mm -hmm. 
you know? So like the hardest part is slang yeah. because you know how fast it moves in the real world. And then how right? much it evolves. Right. So like stuff that was, you know, like I use slang from all eras, Yeah. you know, I'll say keen, I'll say hype, I'll say fire, I'll say sus, dope. I'll say like dope, all of that stuff, because yeah. I'm a magpie for language. I just pull in anything I think is cool language. I'm using it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'll be 90 and people be like, did he just say sus? How old is that dude? <laughs> right. But but I know you've been to we, Philly if you say John. No, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying, right? So like, and, and that's another thing. When I go to new cities and I hear a word, I don't know what it means. And I know it's not actually English. I'm like, what was that? Right, right. So like, I'll tell you a story sometime about some slang that I learned. And I was like, what are y'all saying when you say that? Right. And I'm like, you don't know what that is? Because this is some R-rated stuff. And I was yeah. like, and they were like, just think about what that thing that I'm saying does. And I was like, you guys are wrong for saying that. You shouldn't be calling people that, right? But I, whatever. So like, yeah. So thank you for that. So I take that as a very high compliment because I work very hard to make characters sound like themselves. It's, you know? it, I mean, I've read, I've read books, you know, in the past and, and some recent ones too, but I've always noticed that I don't get that feeling like it's the same tone that is yeah. going on, but yours is like, there's this person who has this way of talking. And then this person who just is very comical. You can tell yeah. the difference. Like I can picture them if this was in motion. Yeah. That's how this idea, would go. Right? You want these, like the, 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 in the comic book realm, the actor and the cinematographer are the artist. Yeah. So what you want is an artist who's really good with facial expressions, at least in my writing, yeah. because those are those are things that people use as much as they w- use language. Yeah. You look at how someone said something. Like I could say the same sentence six different times. Yeah. And depending on how I look in my tone of voice, right? You'd be like, oh, sh- why did he say that? Or that was hysterical. Or, <laughs> right? Which is why it's very difficult to read what a comedian says. Right. Know for sure if they were joking or not. Because... So much of it is in the performance. So it's difficult because you don't always know what artist you're going to get. Nothing against the artist. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. There's a whole bunch of writing stuff that I can't do and don't try to do, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm never going to write a straight up comedic book. That's never happening. I'm not funny enough (laughs) to guarantee, oh, this is going to be a huge laugh fest. Now I'm never never going to say that. I'm never advertising myself as that because I know my swing. I know what I can do. But um, what you want, at least what I want, which is why I loved working with um, Tom Rainey and uh, Marco Santucci for the most part on um, Green Lantern, was both those dudes know how to act. The faces they draw show what their person is thinking, right. even if the line is just, please close the door, right? Like that can mean a million things depending right. on what the face looks like, right? Um, and Chris, uh, Chris Cross is the same way. Um, I don't have much control over who the company tells me I'm going to. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely give credit to Static too. Static did a great job going about it that way too. And I felt like it it was a little bit above the CW level Mm -hmm. (laughs) of Mm -hmm. uh, of enjoying a book, but it was definitely you definitely got that feeling of that too. Yeah, I mean, I I, it's not like they're putting that on us to do it that way. It's just the way I write. Like Mm -hmm. I I just like uh, I I want to do hopefully some books that are more action-packed. The character comes through in the language that people use. Like yeah. um, my favorite character in the uh, in the, um, the Future State book, there was this new character, B. Lou Kens, that I introduced. Because she's just like a hard-ass, but she's not Wolverine hard-ass. Mm-hmm. She's like, 
she she has i like giving characters every once in a while i'll give them a character speech that illuminates who they are right so in that book that's no spoiler because it's a future and the future didn't even happen but uh she shows that she rolls up on these dudes and she's like oh you guys are badass huh i mean you're right you're hard you can kill and you can do all that stuff but let me tell you something about where i'm from <laughs> right 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 <laughs> they're all like closing in on her and the last thing she said i'm from the planet imsk and we make the best weapons in the freaking galaxy. So when I tell you, when an Imskin wants something to die, it dies. Right. And then you see this huge blast wipe out, like, you know, 100, 200 dudes in one freaking go. Right. That's that character. That's who she is. Right. It's a fun moment. You see, the, it's very exciting visually. But the look on her face that um, Tom Rainey drew, she was dead ass like, y'all don't even have a clue who you're messing with. I'm about to kill every single person in here. Right. And I was just like, yes, go. Right. So, like, it's the same kind of deal. And as the Blood Syndicate progresses, getting back on the Blood Syndicate. Yeah. Blood Syndicate 93 move really fast. Like you just basically hit the ground running. This reporter comes in and they're just on it. They're just, ah, right. This is a little bit more of a slow burn. So every issue, you're going to get right. a little bit more. You're going to get a little bit more. But you've noticed the body count starts pretty high. Liguero did not knock people out. Right. Like those guys who are shooting out of that car were not shooting to wound people. Like a whole bunch of people died in issue one. You just didn't meet any of them. Right. right? That's not stopping. The body count on this book is going to be similar to, if not higher than the 93, um, the 93 run. The difference being is that I like for death to mean something mm -hmm. in these comics. So there's fallout, there's repercussions, there is um, what happens when a natural disaster happens. Yeah. There is the extra, there's the family people that didn't get killed. There's all that shit is in this book. Yeah. So as you go through each issue, just understand the pedal went down at the end of issue one. That last three pages of issue one, that's the tone of this book. Right. Okay. So just get ready, folks. We're not <laughs> fooling with you. We're not fooling with you. And definitely get ready this Tuesday because issue two of season one yep. is coming out. I can't wait. Yep. They dropped a couple of pages on it too. I was like, really? All of those pages? Why are you giving them away? Hey. Why are you <laughs> But let's switch gears real quick okay. because something that we talked about last time and we got to talk about it again okay. in terms of prime time TV. Uh -oh. And when you look, we're going to talk about the CW here. <laughs> Let me get yeah, look. Okay. Unfortunately, because okay. I'm loving um, I can't wait to hear your your okay. Your uh, perspective and opinion on this. But okay. when you see shows that have gotten canceled recently, what do you like? Like we 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 see a bit of the DC universe that I wanted to get your thoughts on, and the cancellation, of course, both uh, okay. Batwoman and Naomi, which were both starring black female characters. Um, mm -hmm. This is right after seeing um, we can't we can't say the cancellation of Black Lightning it ended, right? Quote unquote. Um, but we Got saw it. right after the mist of that. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think of what first of all, what do you what did you think of both series and what did you think of the cancellations? Um hmm. provided I that think, you did watch both of the uh, series. I, I sampled everything because I have mm -hmm. to. Um I thought Batwoman was a ballsy try 
uh, before the third season. Let's the, let's uh, all all Batwoman. Okay, Batwoman was never a high rating show. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was an interesting show. Right. I think that they put their all into it. And when their star and them parted ways, they did what they could to revamp it and put it back on its feet. Yeah. You have to put all of this stuff into context. This was a show that was always at war, yeah. right? It had a queer lead character. It was off-brand in the sense that most people don't know who the hell Batwoman is. Right. Right. Um, and she's gay. And it's like this. Uh, all that stuff was technically, I guess, against it. Which was a KK was every bit of that in the comics for those who don't know. You're right. They did not change who she was from the comics. Right. Remember, the the TV audience is not the comic book audience. We do not make up the majority. Exactly. You're catering to a whole new casual, you know, completely new people. Yeah. You got to forget everything you know about comic books does not matter anymore. None Mm -hmm. of that matters at all. Yeah. Okay. I keep saying this. And I'm a comic book fan. I There's have, a difference between hardcore and casual, you know, yo, demographics. I have a stack of comics that is like between 30. I dropped about 15,000 comics. So I'm down from 50 to yeah. like 40 ish or 35 ish thousand comics. Yeah. I am a comic book fan. When you get into movies and TV, we do not matter. If all of us stopped watching a show or none of us went to a movie, the movie and TV industry would not notice. Thank you. There's just not enough of us. Because <laughs> you, 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 you hear this all the time on social media where people are like, how did this get canceled? You are, dude, we don't matter. Like, right. if all of us pointed ourselves, like, this show's going to be hit. Let's all watch this show. So what? So what? Sorry. So what? In addition okay. to that, they got to make money from these sponsors. And if they're not making that's any correct. money from these sponsors, all of that because is numbers. It's yeah, numbers. because they're, nobody's watching. That's wasting the sponsors' so, money. Instead of looking at it like, let's look at Batwoman alone. Instead of looking at it like a shot at the Black League, which a lot of people want to play it like because that gets clickbait. Yeah. That's clickbait. Okay. Here's what really happened. They put a show that focused on a lesbian superhero on a major network in prime time. It lasted two seasons before they had a falling out with their star. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know damn thing about Ruby Rose except she's fine. Okay. That's what I know about Ruby Rose and that she had a problem with them and they had some kind of problem with her and they had to part ways. I don't know. And I don't care. I don't know any of the players. Okay. But that happens. That sometimes happens on television and in movies. They wanted to keep making the show. The network obviously wanted them to keep making the show. Why? Because they lost their star and the network said, keep making the show. Right. Okay. They said, fine, you lost your star pivot put somebody else in the box, keep making this show. So it's not like the CW wasn't behind that show. They wanted that show to work. They gave it two seasons and said, go for three. Even without your star, we don't know why people love this show. Go watch it. So it had sufficient numbers. And by the way, folks, it had the minimum sufficient numbers, not the max sufficient numbers. It had the minimum sufficient numbers to keep going. And then they recast it. Yes, they recast it with a black woman. Also, what do I know about her? Fine as hell. That's that's all that I know about her. I, okay. I hear no lies from both people okay. you mentioned. Okay. <laughs> but, but it was already staggering. Yeah. It was already doing the minimum numbers, and it had lost its main star, who had spent two seasons being the star of this show. Who most of the fans watching were already attached to and getting attached to. Right. So it doesn't matter what the ethnicity was of the woman they put in. She just wasn't the original woman who I came to watch. 
Yeah. Everybody else was the same. So you've got to look at it again from their point of view. Yeah. All the plot lines that they've been building up around the sister, brother, the sister, sister relationship and yeah. all of that other stuff, that's gone because this black chick is not these people's sister. Right. I mean, she's a sister, but she's not their sister. Right. So all of these things go into flux and the writing staff has to compensate and pivot and do all yeah. this stuff. So they got another season out of it. Okay. I call that a win. In Hollywood terms, that's a win. Yeah. They got hit on every way they could get hit and they got they squeezed another season out of that. Go. Yeah. Everybody should stand tall on that, including the new lady whose fault it not is not that right. the show went down. All right. You can spin it in the meter however you want, but it was not a black thing. It was right. a numbers thing. Moving on to Naomi. A numbers thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was well written. The actors were good. I watched the first two episodes. It was solid enough for what it was. Right. But Naomi has neither the track record in comics to have any kind of a core fan base. And I don't think it really distinguished itself as you need to watch this show because right. it's so much this show. Right. I think like, that, I think you're absolutely right because I didn't know of the character until the show came out, and then I found out the people backing it, and then Michael um, mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis was a part of this. So just yeah. based, the fact that he was a part of this and he was the one responsible for this, and his what led me to this was Miles Morales. Right. And I was like, all right, I gave him a chance for Miles Morales and that rock. So let's see what he does with this. That's right. But always remember. The, the, the CW shows are all coming from a single production company mm-hmm. and they all are trying to, they're all striking a similar tone. Greg Berlanti. Right? Yeah. Right. Greg Berlanti. Well, I call it the Berlanti verse. Everybody calls it the Arrowverse. That's the Berlanti verse. It really pretty, but yeah, you pretty, right. you got to add, then you got to add like Riverdale and, and exactly. Sabrina. All of those things are the Berlanti verse. <laughs> and it's a, a particular kind of brain who sets the tone. And, yeah. you know, this guy is a genius. He really okay? is. Like he went from being just a regular old writer to running everything in like two years. He became that's the new J.J. Abrams of the CW. I kept, I kept telling people because, like he's not anybody's kid. He's not married to anybody special. He just got the chops, y'all. Sorry. He did about Arrow it. and Arrow took him to the next level. And then he did Flash right after that. That's and didn't right. even like from that yeah. point, it just kept exactly. going. They should have put going. him in charge of the movies at that point. As soon as I've, that point. I've been saying that for so freaking yeah. like when I, he, I was saying that at the time Everything when, when, Zach, when Arrow, Zach Snyder when Zach Snyder came I'm like why aren't they just no, the success no. I was like look look you idiots uh <laughs> everything that they did in Arrow and everything they did in the Flash was this is how you should be doing Superman and Batman well honestly Arrow let's be real Batman done right let's be real about something <laughs> let's be real about something one I believe that they borrowed some of what Christian um what Christopher Nolan did with Arrow which is mm-hmm. great I also think that they looked at the Marvel formula and mm-hmm. went and took their own spin of it. And I'm like, if it ain't broke, you know, it's like, why, why are you messing with things? People yeah, want to, why, why not use that? Why not use that? And they are about uplift. And All guess what? superheroes are about uplift and they clearly know that at the Berlanti verse. And, and guess what? Crisis on earth X and crisis on infinite earth was way better than, than the, with anything that the DC universe has done. No, but that's the thing. So, <laughs> Okay, so you look at... Um, or the DC Films at, universe, I should say. Yeah, you look at... Um, okay, so that's Batwoman. Then you look at Naomi. If Naomi had come out just on its own and there yeah. were no other superhero shows on the air and it was competing with Supernatural and maybe yeah. Charmed, you know, um, or, or The 100, and then Naomi yeah. shows up, Naomi would still be on the air. Mm-hmm. You think Naomi it's just timing? I think it's a lot of factors, but one of the things is... Naomi isn't like Stargirl showed up and Stargirl's doing fine. Oh my God. And it's Stargirl. Not I forgot how white. awesome that show is. It's not because she's white. 
It's because no. there's enough underneath it. There's a lot of fanfare. There's a hell of a lot of fanfare. And I would say budget yeah. on that show. That's and I felt like too. I felt like Naomi was good, but it was a it was a very slow burn. Yeah, and that's another thing. You can't enter this market and not make a splash. Yeah. Right. Like it was very world. slow. You, like it didn't make it didn't start doing anything until like the very end. Yeah, it was too confident in its story. It needed yeah. to hit you and then step back rather than ease you in. There's no right. time to ease you in. So I just don't think it had enough. I don't think it had enough runway to launch. Like I, I thought, I like it, I can I can compare that to another show like Agents of Shield first season yeah. was very slow paced, but damn it, mm-hmm. when they when they combined that with the Winter Soldier, everything changed. Yes. Also, um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the number of episodes the Agents of Shield got versus the number of episodes per season yeah. Naomi got, again, they didn't have enough runway to launch their plane. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But again, the oh, other uh, thing oh, people- let's add on to the fact that um, they were playing off of um, what, uh, Car- uh, what is it? Uh, Clark Gregg or Craig Clark, who oh, played yeah, Coulson yeah. Right. because yeah, of his popularity. Right. Right. Naomi's coming in cold, basically. Yeah. Naomi did not need to be part of the DC universe. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people read her as part of the DC universe. Didn't even know that Superman was really a part of that. Yeah. Any of that. OK, yeah. so that's fine. So and by the way, folks, most TV shows get canceled. Like 90 percent of things that come on the air one year are not yeah. here the next year. Right. Sorry. You forget about them because you or forget they don't, about they don't really like I, I mean, there are people who really have misconceptions about it. And I used to be one of those people until I started interviewing all of you guys. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I learned from that. And I have mm-hmm. a now broader perspective and understanding of how this goes. I remember talking um, with uh, Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I asked him about, like, did he know that how far Batman animated series is going to go. And he said straight up, and this is one of the things I know that now I know is that he said there is never any guarantees. No one knows. Nobody knows. The first episode was only to be the first episode. And we just go on from there. There was no promise that there was going to be Justice League or Justice League from that point or all these. Right. And people look back and like, well, this was the plan. I'm like, dude, there was no plan. That's like they look at Iron Man one and go, well, look what I'm like, yo, man, no. No, sorry. You need to sit down. Every time you say that, it means you don't know what you're talking about. I am. Yes, I am far. Okay. I, I have, I'm now well educated and understanding because especially now, because not only from you and I have yeah. other friends who are actors um, who, who do, who do um, roles as characters mm-hmm. in animated series now. And I know the audition process now and I've interviewed a bunch of you guys. I get it now. Like people it's like brutal. this is why this is why I have this show, because I have people like you come on to teach the listeners and watchers how yeah. this really is what really goes on. So what if you haven't watched the show media, yeah. But what happens in social media, and this is a problem with social media, yeah. is that it's numbers. Mm-hmm. Let me put it to you like this so people understand this. If TV networks or movie studios could show you a white screen with a black dot in the middle of it mm-hmm. and a tone that went for an hour with commercials, yeah. they would show you that. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They're looking at the numbers, man. They're, yeah. What you said, they're looking at advertising dollars and numbers. When I say asses and seats, eyes on yeah. the project. Okay. Because that, that, that sponsorship revenue helps. That's right. Them. And, they, and each show <laughs> has its set number. Yeah. Right. And what time slot you're in. If in yeah. old school TV, it's what time slot. In streamers, it's okay. Well, how many more subscriptions did we get? Because you showed up. 
Yeah, right. And that's what okay. they're competing with too. They're competing with the on with, with streaming. A lot of st- right, and you're and anyway, the market's different. But the point is, yeah, people on social media start getting into fights. A lot of minority people are like I don't see a lot of me on these kind of shows, and then I got one, and they canceled it. This must be uh, they must be coming for us. And I'm like, not really. Empire's stayed on for a long time. Yes, it's not like they're mad at you. They want the money, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, the um, and then the guys on the other side are like, you damn right, you go woke, you go broke. And I'm like, again, Empire was on for a minute, yo. The Wild was on for a minute. I know people specifically <laughs> on social media who gets mad or sad or put these the mad or sad icons on anything on any news that they only read the headlines and not the article by note. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and they always so, talk and they always then they always comment. Man, it sucks. And it, exactly what you said. But I'm like, have you watched any of the episodes at all? No, yeah. I never got a chance oh. to because there's so much well, TV then, on. Or well, something then to that you're nature. part of the problem. <laughs> then you are part of the problem. It's just literally about who's watching it. I'll even go so far as the people who hate hate the show. I watch that show just so I can talk about it. I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't care if you hate it. All they right. care is if you watch it. Right. Right? You can hate it all you want. Write every article you want about how much you hate it, and then you're going to tune in next week and hate it some more. Like, <laughs> that's what they want you to do. They don't right. care. Okay? So Naomi just didn't hit its rating numbers. It's right. Simple as, as, as big and as simple as that, as brutal as that. Okay? Look at, uh, they tried to they tried to say uh, Legends of Tomorrow, getting uh, the axe, was like, oh, that show failed, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Man, that show that's been on for multiple years and seasons. Yeah, that show had a seven season sci-fi show. Exactly, time travel dimension hopping sci-fi adventure show featuring queer women in the leads and queer men in the right. co-leads right. for seven years. They've been partying like crazy. Right, that was a pride parade every week for seven <laughs> years. Okay, <laughs> plus science fiction. Okay, I so, mean, I will say, I no, will say, you it can did spin it how you want. Right, I will say that, like, I think. I, my I, my my hypothesis is that maybe it did stop getting viewership near the end, and they used to just say, "Let's just cut it." Not maybe, not maybe. It was mm-hmm. clearly losing viewers. Yeah. Like I don't even have to. I'm not. I don't know for sure. I promise you, it was bleeding viewers. Why? Because well, they canceled it. If it well, wasn't, it would still be here. <laughs> I would also add because I was watching it thoroughly. Like I was watching it consistently. Like the everything kind of changed. Oh really? It didn't. It didn't have the same like. If you watch it like in the beginning of the first few seasons, where they mm-hmm. had like Firestar, um, mm-hmm. not Firestar, uh, Firestorm, Firestorm. Yeah. and you know Hawkman and Hawk Girl and all the like, they had some powerful people. And then the years, like, even the Constantine years, was awesome. All but right. it just started. The, the roster okay, look, was getting weaker yeah, and weaker, and the stories were getting like weaker. Two things happened. Well, yeah. a lot of things. There's a lot of cofactors. Now, I'm not saying this did happen. Mm-hmm. But whenever you see a show where it started out with amazing special effects and then the special effects get weaker. The budget, yeah. Budget. <laughs> okay. And what happens with budget? The stars, not just the stars, but different things happen with budget. One of which is every year the salaries of everybody who makes the show goes up. Yeah. Okay. Writer's salary goes up. Actor's salary goes up. Special effects guy's salary goes up. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know what doesn't go up? The budget. Yeah. Budget stays flat, basically, right? Unless it's such a slam dunk, crazy hit, Game of Thrones hit, that then the producers come to go, you know, we're going to need a couple extra million this year. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we brought you guys like 100 million people. I think we can spare two or three more million dollars for our special effects. They're like, mm-hmm. you go do you. You guys are adorable. Right? <laughs> but that's when you, but that's with a home run out of the park home run. Yeah. Okay. Every other show, it's do it for the same or do it for less. Yeah. Right. That's coming from the network money side. From the performance, I make the show side as well. This year I get a bump according to my contract. I go up 15%. Yeah. Right. And every actor, especially the leads, I guarantee you their agents, as soon as that first three year contract is up, well, you know, she's the lead, right? <laughs> You're going to have to pay her appropriately now or right. she's not coming back. And the reason that that's interesting is because nobody knows what's making the show work. Yeah. So if you take out any cog, you don't know if that's the one that's going to break the show. So, yeah. of course, we'll give you more money. Hell, we'll make you a co executive producer if you come back and stay on the show. Don't mm-hmm. come in the writer's room, though. <laughs> right 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 you can have that credit but don't you no 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 no. stay you stay on the set right but um so those are factors that people don't want to filter in because yeah. they want to have an argument about politics or they don't know or they don't know but usually it's an emotional thing i'm so mad that they came for the one queer show on the network mm-hmm. you're right it is the one i mean batman batwoman in this show are basically very yeah. queer friendly Right. It was it was we joke. We joked around online sometimes that like, especially when we see new shows like um, Superman and Lois. Yeah. And we're starting to see how really awesome that show is in terms of budget and special effects and everything. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, did they who did they take the budget? from? Well, it's kind of like it's sort of like that, except it's not like Berlanti Group gets. All right. Here's twenty five million dollars. Make as many shows as you want. Right. Show they present. The network does have a fixed budget. And they're like. All right, here's our advertising money. They're, here's the money that comes from the studio. Here's the revenue it. we think yeah. we can get. Now, what's the show you want to do? You want to compete with Discovery? You understand yeah. that Viacom is putting all of its money into Discover. Yeah. We're not doing that with you. So can you beat them with this budget? Mm, probably not. Okay, that's fine. We're not mad at you. Do the show you can do for this budget. Right. Right. But as the years go by, even if you're a hit, and by the way, a show that lasts seven seasons is a qualified hit. Absolutely. Okay. Shows mostly don't last past two seasons. Most TV shows. I think people really don't see that because especially now that we're seeing all these Netflix shows being canceled and everything. Everybody's losing their minds because you like it. You think it's a hit. And they think it's something new. This is no, this happens all the time. Every, every year. You know how many movies come out every year? Hundreds. Mm -hmm. How many do you remember? Maybe 10. And of that 10, which ones were hits? Two. Right. That's every year, your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's just American movies. We're not even counting foreign movies. Okay. <laughs> like, guys, get a grip. This is this is not that game you think it is. Right. It's not five people in a room making stuff. This is right. a global gladiatorial combat that is always happening every day, every minute. And if you fall off, the network cuts your throat. Period. Right. Period. It doesn't matter who's in it. Now, you could have a discussion about which shows get to try. Mm-hmm. That's a discussion that we're not even going to try to do the show because it's got these people in it. Yeah. You can have that discussion all week. I'll hear, I'll bring the weapons. Right. You know, give me a position. Show me where the ammunition is, you know, but, <laughs> um, but once the show's on the air, it's the same fight for everybody. Yeah. Sorry about it. And right. if you don't like that, it means you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Which nine chances out of 10, they don't. Most people <laughs> don't. So, so that's those shows. The, okay. And then you slide over to um, Black Lightning. Yeah. Black Lightning ended. 
it ended, you know? and that's what that's what I could. You, we we could never have this discussion that they got cut off because they gave them the opportunity. We talked about this the last interview. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. gave them. They gave. I love that. I respect home wholeheartedly because they could have easily just said, "Right." They just stuck the landing. They're like, this "We could have. We could have just. Finished. We could have left. They could have left us with a cliffhanger and wondering yeah. what happened to Tobias and did he? Really- by the way, when that happens, mm-hmm. by the way, when you get left with a cliffhanger ending, please understand. They tell you you're not coming back before you wrap. Yeah. Okay. They don't tell you on the last day of the last episode of your season. Oh, by the way, this is your last episode. Yeah. They tell you before that. You know how you know that? Because by the time that episode shows up, all the people in that show have gotten other jobs. <laughs> okay. You know, so I will know. give you an example of how I knew, how I, <laughs> I pay attention to this. Bronish. <laughs> Not grown. I'm sorry, not grown. It's um, mixed dish, which was right, uh, mixed dish. right, right, right. The third one. Yes, because the the uh, grandfather who's who plays on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. Forgive me. I forget his name, but he was he uh, plays Harvey Birdman on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he also plays on Family Guy, and and he voices a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He's on CSI now, and there he was go. on. C- yeah, he was on one of those CSI shows immediately before the even season ended. I'm like. I hope this doesn't oh, I mean. I guess this is over. Yeah. Was he a regular? If he's a regular, this show's over. No, I was like, right? okay, maybe this is a special. No, but every week nope, I watch something nope, else. Nope. He's got a new job. Like, oh that's, crap! That's I over. think the show's canceled. Right. So if you end on a cliffhanger, but I would say it never happens, but rarely <laughs> does it happen. So if you end on a cliffhanger, that's the people on the show. I going, pay attention no. to stuff like that now. <laughs> that's them going back to the network, right? We're gonna play this out like we plan to play it out. You'll see. Our yes. fans will come to our rescue, right? But I, you, um, I, my wife will attest to this. We were watching TV, and I'm look. I'm like, I'm very observant of this, of things like this, especially now. And I, the minute I see people like before the show ends, like their other shows, and I'm like, oh, this is significant. Yeah, yeah. If you see a regular on your favorite show show up as a regular on another show, either they left that show, which means they're going to die in about five minutes, or the show's over. The, yeah, right? and in his like, case. Nobody dies in a comedy. He's there. You go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that character's done. At yeah. least that character is done. So, Kenya, yeah, so like, oh my feel, oh, Kenya Barris lost this one. <laughs> I don't feel like I said, the conversation you want to have about race and, and um orientation and stuff in terms of subject matter in, in, in movies and TV, that's a front-end conversation. It's yeah. who gets to play, what shows are getting greenlit, who gets to make those shows. That's the argument. The once the show's on the air, it's just numbers, baby. Right. They will keep a show about a dog looking at a rock on the air if it has numbers. You think yeah. I'm joking. I'm not exaggerating. Oh, no. And, 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 and even on top of that, it's like it's not even just numbers. It's whatever numbers that they feel that that network feels for that, that is, demo for yeah. that amount. Right. For all of that. And if you're 50 plus, remember, they want this. They want this amount. If you're like a younger demographic. What you, what you have to understand is every year again, the public doesn't think about this every year. Somebody's trying to come up with a way to make. CGI characters that can fool you into thinking they're real people. Yeah. Okay. And not, not because of special effects reasons. Yeah. They want to be able to have the control over the product that animation has mm-hmm. and not have to mess with all these damn actors. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who's going to have a big hissy fit. You quitting the show is not going to matter anymore yeah. because if I have a character that looks like the Jeff Thorne character on the show and Jeff yeah. Thorne starts acting like a dick, we fire Jeff. Get a person who can do Jeff's voice. Jeff stays on the show and the audience does not care because yeah. they see that person. Two, they also keep trying to come up with ways for computers to write the shows. 
Mm, Every year, somebody's like, oh, you can look it up. A computer wrote a stage play. A computer wrote this book. That's not because they like writers. Yeah. They want to have more control. If they could come up with a formula that said, if we put these things into, look, oh my God, this is a TED talk. One sec. Let me give him one second. Give this the right thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Everything on these streamers is about algorithms. Yeah. Okay. There's no person deciding, man, let's give this show another season. I think it's going to find its audience next season. Yeah. We're, we're seeing a steady climb up. No. The algorithm says people like shows with a mom and a daughter, both of them are hot, and they seem to like these little rural country inns. So instead of it being in Vermont, we'll put it on the coast of Scotland. Instead of Gilmore Girls, it'll be the McMartin Girls, right? And then everybody will show up and watch that show. That's how decisions are, are often made, okay? You know who's not involved in that? Humans. Yeah. No humans involved in that, <clears throat> okay? So the industry tends towards that thinking. Here's so, my thing, though, when you're talking about the algorithms. Are the algorithm, are, are, are algorithms, no matter if it's social media or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever data that they're collecting, are they telling us the truth about us? Or is there a... Well, here's the problem. And the, the frustration for people who try to apply science to art. Right. The frustration is... It doesn't matter. They still don't know anything. The algorithms right. aren't helping you, dude. They don't help you do anything. So I'm figuring, like, I've I've been taught algorithms through school and and, and um and, and all of that. You know, when I studied uh, web development and everything, mm. so I get it. But it's like it's a collection of data that they think, and this is how you this is how people end up with certain type of accounts in their social media accounts right depending on right. where you're going into right. because of what you're following and whatever but with uh, it's like a part of it is like there is a smidge of it that is telling truths and if that's the case what does that say about us well it says that we're all a bunch of lousy people in a lot of ways i mean people secretly are one way and in front of the in front of people they're another way yeah but on another level like Every show is not the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. Or what is it? Maury Povich, right? Every show is not the Maury Povich show. But Maury's been on the air for, what, 20 years now? Basically doing, you're the daddy every week, right? And reality shows itself, for God's sake. Right. But I'm saying, like, in specific, that show. So that means somebody's watching the hell out of that show because shows don't last that long. Same with the People's Court. Judge Judge, Judy. Right. The People's Court started Judge Judy. She splits off to do Judge Judy. The People's Court kept going. And so did Judge Judy. Yeah. So somebody's watching it. Okay. But nobody could have predicted that those shows would have done well. They just did. Okay. On the other side of that, you've got five different shows on six or three different networks that are all basically Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right. But only Game of Thrones became Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So the algorithm can't predict. It can't really predict. They people on the business side of our industry, they're always trying to figure ways to have control, yeah. not mean, you know, Nazi control. They right. just want to be able to predict if I do X, then Y will happen because it makes my job easier. It means I can predict revenue streams and financially reasonable. Right. But the problem with art is Ezra Miller's a freak. OK, he might be a good actor. That's depending on who you ask. Some people may say yes. Some people may say no. But uh, clearly a lot of people think he's charming or he wouldn't be in the movies. Right. But he keeps acting up off screen. Algorithm can't account for that. The algorithm can't say one thing or the other. All it can say is what people do. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll find out. Do people care that he acts like a fool off off camera? If they don't, 
then the algorithm will say, no, keep making Ezra Miller movies. And you know what will happen? They'll keep making Ezra Miller movies. Okay. He would have to break the law. He'd have to, you know, hurt a child, shoot someone in the face or something for the company to go, okay, that's too far. Because the algorithm does detect PR public relation type situations. Well, the algorithm doesn't care about that because what, what you just said, if the algorithm shows the company that no matter what the press says, the public does not care about this. Yeah. Right. People are splitting over the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which I don't even know why they care. But like, I don't care. <laughs> I literally said it about that show. Okay. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> but people are splitting about it. But here's the question. In practice, whether you believe her allegations or not, the fact that she made the allegations about him cost him jobs. Yeah which meant that cost him career time at the end of his career because he's, what, in his 60s now, right? So that's a financial hit. The question will become, if there's enough negative will towards her, again, I don't know if she's telling the truth. I don't care. None of my business. Don't give a shit, okay? But um, whether she was telling the truth or not, if there's enough public animosity against her to cause a dip in sales for a movie season, Mm -hmm. Her ass is on the street. Yeah. And the opposite is true. If the public is demon, oh, they don't care. You know, keep making some amber. Or, God forbid, there's a spike because of interest, right? Let's make some amber herd movies. Right. Right. That's what the algorithm does. But even all of that is still just a guess because, from my point of view, not a very good actress. So if you center a movie around her, okay, I wouldn't spend more than 10 million on that movie because the odds are high the revenue you get back is not going to be worth a $100 million movie. Right. Right. So again, Hollywood is trying to get you to spend money on their product. They're Mm -hmm. trying to have control as much as they can on the front end because the audience is unpredictable. If you told me 20 years ago that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was going to be the biggest movie star on earth, (laughs) I'd have thrown you out of my house. The Rock? That dude with the eyebrow who asked me what <laughs> if I can smell what he's cooking, <laughs> he's going to be the biggest actor? Give me a break. Get out. Get out. Go shut shut your hole. Right? The algorithm can't predict nothing. Right. All it can do is give you your best educated guess. And that's why Netflix is screwing up right now. They don't want to admit it, but they try to go, okay, machine learning will tell us what to do. I would and also add stuff. just anybody who's ever relying on the algorithm, period. Like, yeah. that's including social media. Like, I... I I, I I understand the algorithm. I understand flow charts. I understand that they're not perfect, and I I can't understand why it, it's doing more. It's doing more harm than anything to me. Look, you can have a computer that can beat you at chess because chess is strictly game of mathematics. Yeah, that's it. Okay, but you you can have a hard time making a computer that can beat the world to poker tournament. Yeah, right. Because one, the computer can't. The computer's win is not real because poker is just as much about the person, mm-hmm. right? But what you're talking about is a brick wall that's playing poker. It can't so bluff. It's not really poker. We can bluff, but it doesn't have any of the liabilities. So it's not really winning. The right. bluff is me being able to read whether or not you're bluffing. But with a computer, that's like me being able to play. That's me showing up inside a cardboard box with just my arms hanging out. Yeah. And you're playing poker against me. You can't tell if I'm blushing because you can't see any of my tells. Right. You don't know what my tells are. You don't you can't tell if I'm sweating or any of that stuff, which yeah. is part of the game. It's just not part of the rules. Right. 
right? So, um, so I look at all that stuff and I see all this commentary on the on the uh, internet where people are yelling about stuff and they want to get in their feelings about this or about that. The bottom line is the show stays on the air if the advertisers and the money and the numbers of viewers are there. Yeah, that's it. Whether it gets on the air. Now that can have racism and genderism and all that stuff. There are whole bunches of gifted creators who never get a shot, who have great projects that you and I would read them and go, damn, this is a, people who watch the hell out of this, right. never going to get a shot because of race, because, right. of, because of age, right? God forbid you're 70 years old, but you come in with the hottest street hip hop show that ever anybody's ever written. They're going to read it. They're going to, damn, this is dope as f- Bring this person in. And then this 70-year-old lady with a cane walks in like, does he write this? Oh, no, no, no. We're not making this show. <laughs> but you love this show 10 minutes ago. Yeah, but, right. grab- but that's grandma. We can't have grandma be in the face of this show. Will she <laughs> pretend not to be? And we'll get some young person to come in and pretend right. they were? No, no, that's not how the rules work. So right. that's the kind of thing that causes good material to never get to the public. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is the public doesn't know about any of that material and can never know. So you only get what they give you, and then it's up to you to watch it or not. And if you don't, it goes away. It's as simple as that. If you don't watch it in sufficient numbers, let's get back on comics. I've been in the comics game one way or another for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of independent comics. A lot of my friends are in the independent comic world. And the one thing you used to notice at conventions was, and I say this, I think I might have said this one of your other shows. Mm -hmm. There's a stigma against minority-driven comics from minorities. Okay, so I would now some of it's deserved. There's a lot of you're going to laugh at me. There's a lot of comics that people put out was basically like, what's that show? CB4. I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. And it's black and black. black. And I'm black, (laughs) y'all. Right. And they thought that was enough to sell their book. And then you pick up the book and it's trash. Mm -hmm. Right. Bad art. Terrible story. But I'm black, y'all. Yeah, but you black and trash. yo. I'm not buying this book. (laughs) Right. Right. The problem is, is that the person next to them who's also black and has an awesome book. Yeah. They don't pick that book up. They don't test that book. They go, well, see, homeboy over here was black and his book was terrible. It was all about blackity blackness. Right. Homeboy over here is just telling great stories that happen to feature black people. Look at this art. It's crispy as hell. It's great. Um. Yeah, I'm not picking that up. You saw what happened last time. Now, I've said this before. And I said this it happens again. all the time. Right. And what happened was a whole bunch of brothers and sisters went broke, trusting that brothers and sisters would support them if they would only look at it. And I mean, an army of people went broke. It's, they put their family bro, fortunes That's on not the even line. just comics, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> right. Because, and here's the horrible thing. As Tyler Perry's career has proven, if black people focus their attention, media attention on anything that they decide they like, yeah. not even all of us, I would say 10% of us, mm-hmm. that thing's a smash hit, whatever it is. I would feel like every year, black and Latin people, either group or individual, either as one unit group or as a separate cu- cultures would just go, this year, Shakira is the greatest star in the world. Right. Everything Shakira does, we're buying all of it. T-shirts, shoes, everything. We're making Shakira a billionaire this year. This is our job, right? She would be a freaking billionaire and people forget about Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Instantly. And the same thing is true. You could choose any, black people could choose, uh, who's that hobo? All right, this year, everything that hobo does, we're on it. Okay, next year that hobo will be Denzel Washington. Yeah. Okay, and they don't realize their power. They don't realize their economic power. 
They don't realize that the things they want happen if they just show up in sufficient numbers. Right. I'm not saying choose the thing because it looks like you. I'm saying there's enough product that looks like you that is also amazing. But you got to go find it and support it. These people don't have enough money to do the advertising necessary to bring it right to your front doorstep with a spoon and feed it into your mouth slowly so you can taste it and enjoy it. Look at these grits. Look at these amazing grits. (laughs) You know, Um, they can't do that. They don't have the money. They spent all their money making the thing. You got to go find them. And then you got to tell your friends. I'm not even talking about me. I got a good career going. Okay. I don't need to make comics. I make comics because I like to. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm saying there's people out there for you. They're doing the thing you want them to do. They're making the product you want them to make. Whatever your bent is, they're making it. Someone's making it and they're making a great version of it. Okay. But you got to go find them. They can't come. It's not that they want to come to you. If they want, if they could, they would. Yeah. They can't. So you got to come halfway. And yeah, there's a lot of crap, but mostly these days, the crap falls off pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's just like, what is it? Stranger comics. Do you like fantasy with black people in it? Go pick up some stranger comics that you never heard of. Go try them out. You might like them. There's some good stuff in there. Right. You know, and I'm not even talking about the blackness part. I'm just saying, if you like Conan and you want to swivel over a guy who doesn't look exactly like Conan, you want an Asian Conan? Just because I said that out loud right now, I guarantee you there's an Asian Conan comic. I don't know <laughs> that there is one, but I promise you there's an Asian Conan comic. Right. Okay. Same with all of these things, right? If I said it, that means thousands of people want it. That right. means somebody made one. <laughs> 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 so, but but the audience has gotten so, it's our fault in entertainment because we made it so easy to get stuff. Yeah. But So if there's any work involved in getting the thing, people don't want to do it. They're like, well, yeah, I could do that, but McDonald's is right here, mm-hmm. you know. But you know that Joe's makes better burgers, right? Right. You know Joe, Joe, Joe's on the block makes better burgers than McDonald's, and at the same cost. Yeah, but I gotta walk an extra block, man. McDonald's is right here. And I'm like, okay, but you know, next year when everybody's thinking about Joe's, and then it goes out of business, that's your fault. And exactly, <laughs> exactly. Look. I want to thank you for coming on the show, Jeff. You have been awesome every single time you've been on the show. As I say, anytime, man. Again, I have, and each time I'm ever more honored and proud to know you and to see your road and to be inspired by your road. Cause it's just a fantastic thing. So before we head off, I want to give you a chance to plug your uh, whereabouts and what you're doing, but what are you got going on next? Well, what do I got going on? That you can tell us. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I cannot tell you. There's a cup. There's something that's going to come out in twenty in in twenty twenty three. Oh, baby, y'all going to lose it. You, oh, he's coming back. It. Okay, <laughs> you will definitely want me back after this. Uh, right now, I'm focusing on Blood Syndicate. Yeah, I'm talking to Marvel about um, trying to bring back the Slingers with uh, Hobie Brown as the lead as the Hornet now, not the Prowler. They're seriously thinking about it. I pitched awesome. them a story and they're like, this does not suck. We'll see if we can fit it in. Yeah. So give me all them fingers crossed. <laughs> um, the um, uh, Blood Syndicate's going for another six. I mean, it's going to issue six. I told Reggie, I told Reggie and Dwayne at the, uh, pardon me, I keep saying Dwayne, I keep, uh, Reggie and Dennis at the beginning, look, guys, you know, six is fine, but who knows where I'll be at the end of six. Right. You know, I might have to go on a show and then I won't have the brain space and time to do all this. Um, So be prepared. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And then about issue three, I was like, so anyway, I'll be doing this as long as y'all want me to do it. <laughs> I'll find a way to do this. If I have to eat my weekends up to do this, I'll be doing it. So um, they're like, cool, cool, cool. So hopefully after six, if it does well enough, we'll get to keep coming with it. Awesome. Um, some stuff's going to happen at the end of Blood Syndicate season one that should guarantee people be like, damn. But um, uh, there's that. Uh, I'm in this book called Phenomenons. Uh, it's a a prose anthology of superheroes. I made up this character called Rascal, <laughs> ex-criminal, who gets superpowers, brother. And uh, you should go check out The Phenomenons by Crazy 8 Press. There's a book two is about to come out. Book one is already out. And I'm doing Webtoons for free, y'all. Oh, um, awesome. So if you want to come to Webtoons, just look up Winterman Project, and you'll see six titles, uh, various stages. Some are discarded, some are well, well down the well down the line. Um, I'm talking to an independent comic book company about launching uh, a Winterverse, oh. which is my superheroes. If you go, yeah, you've been working on it for uh, for quite some time. Yeah, That's my awesome. own superheroes, yeah. So, well, we, they're super beings. Like we right. use the word superheroes because they don't wear cost. Well, they don't wear costumes. Like okay, they, gotcha. They do super zero stuff, but they don't wear the. They don't like. I am now Ultraman. They don't. Do right, that. right, 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 right. So um, you can go see what some of them look like on my Deviant Art page, which you can find at um, jeffreythorn.com. All of my stuff's there. Uh, but yeah, come by Webtoons, man. Um, uh, there's a lot of free stuff. Webtoons is Webtoon stuff is absolutely free. You're not risking anything. Right. Uh, I draw about half the stuff as well as write, but there's a whole bunch of artists on my on my team that are not me that are really great artists, way better than me. Mostly <laughs> I draw the stuff because I don't have the money or time to get other people to do it. Right. But um, but there's a bunch of artists up there and the stories run the, run the um, there's science fiction, there's superheroes, there's, um, what do you call them? Uh, there's sword and sorcery, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of women, a uh, couple, of, couple of queer focused characters. Like I say that as an advertising point, I'm not doing that for y'all. I'm doing it because <laughs> that's how the stories come to my head. Right. Okay. Like, I'm not worried about your little soapboxes and your t-shirts and I don't care. I don't care about any of that. It's just, that's the way some of these stories came out. So, um, but there's something there for everybody. There's a thing called Sparks. I want everybody to get a look at. Uh, that's my baby. It's not drawn by me. There's a teaser for it. Uh, I'm trying to get, um, I won't say which company, but I'm trying to get one of the uh, indie companies to self-publish it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to be the We'll create our own project through that. Yeah, they get back to me, and Sparks is going to be the the next big thing. Mm. Um, but you can get a taste of what Sparks is on the webtoons for free. So, awesome. um, yeah, so come on by um, webtoons Winterman Project, or just come to my my page jeffreythorn.com. All right. So thank you so very much, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. It's always an honor. And uh, I look forward Great. to definitely seeing what's happening. On oh, Blood we'll Syndicate. be back. We'll be back. <laughs> and we'll this big back. project coming in 2023. Yeah. So, you know, congrats. Oh, oh, yes, brother. Oh, yes. And I'll keep an now, eye on it, of course. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If you want, we can do a recap after every issue of the Blood Syndicate because it's about to get it's about to get crazy. It's up about, to you. Let's do the let's get that because I got so many other. Okay. Deals I got. I'll tell you what. Do one after issue three and one after issue six. All right, bet. That's that's a bet. We can do that okay, because cool. that'll be like the half point and then we can yeah, conclude and at with the, end, the season. We can do a recap. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds good. So you'll definitely be back in within the coming months of that. I am. Wait, let me see. This is that's way before October. That's yeah. good. 
Because I was I was just saying it because I'm going to hey, uh, New York Comic Con. It's your schedule. I, I bet because I'm going to New York Comic Con, so I think it's going to fall right into that point. So I think whenever I can you get you in it. whenever you want to do it. It sounds like a plan. Your schedule. I am at home writing. So awesome. Hit me. So I will keep. We'll definitely keep in touch from there. But thank you so very much, and I hope everybody enjoyed this awesome episode with <laughs> myself and Jeff. So thank you guys. <laughs> On behalf of myself and Mr. Thorne here, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care, people. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.